get our Bibles, whether you got the paperback, you got the phone app, you got it on your iPad. I don't care. Let's make the devil nervous. Do it. Get it in the air. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God, what the word of God says, I can, says have. I can have. I can do. I can what do. What the Word of God, what the word of God says, I can do. says I can do. And I can be. And I can be. What the Word of God, what the word of God says, I can be. says I can be. You believe that? I do. Are you excited about God's Word daily? I'm telling you, this is our... Anchor, so much powerful stuff in God's Word. Lord, we just come before you. We honor your Word. We want to study and to show ourselves approved, Lord. And, and we want to be ready in season or out of season because we are rich with the Word of God. When stuff happens, the Word comes out of us. So, Father, we just thank you as we go through the message today. The teacher, the Holy Spirit, work on us. Bring revelation, insight into our lives. And Father, I just thank you for a now word for some people in church today or watching online. Lord, there's stuff they're going through that we may not touch, but Holy Spirit, I thank you that you know where everyone's at and you'll give them an encouraging word, something to to motivate and move them forward in Jesus name. Amen. You know Amen. what the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not an accident. God's got a plan and a purpose for you. You are a beautiful person. God loves you so, so much. Such a good thing. Amen. Well, we are going to uh, minister this morning on the title of our message is Characteristics of the Believer in the End Times. What? Yeah. When's that? So, well, I When's think, the end times? I think that would be right That's... about now. Oh. <laughs> so well, if you I better missed, pay attention. If you've missed the last couple messages... Um, once again, I do encourage you to go online because we have been talking about how going through Scripture and how we can see we're in the end times and, and all of that. And it's, it's just come alive to us here at IBC. But and we want to talk about what the characteristics the of world. a believer look like in the end times. How many want to grow? How many want to be ready to be the bride that's without spot or wrinkle? Yeah, come on. Well, we learned that in the last couple of weeks that God is coming for a bride without spot or wrinkles. So what does that look like? What are we supposed to look like? What are those, what are we supposed to get rid of as far as what wrinkles? I mean, do I got to get out the ironing board? I mean, what does that look like? Yeah, maybe Botox, tuck, something, you know, whatever it takes, right? A Bible. Somehow I don't think so. Bible Botox, maybe. <laughs> All right, if you guys just go ahead and start, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll begin there. And when the Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Thessalonica, he was just bringing some correction because uh, some false teachers had got in and said, oh, there's no return of Jesus. That's not happening. And some, some uh, false doctrines were getting in. So the Apostle Paul goes to just bring some correction, some needed correction in that church. And let's just um, help everybody. In the Bible, there are references to the second coming and there are references to the rapture. And so the Greek word here in Thessalonians is about being caught up in the air. So we were referring to what? The rapture. So as we go through this Thessalonians, that just helps us sometimes. Uh, some references are about the second coming, which is at the end of the tribulation period. When uh, we get to come back with Christ, that's going to be exciting. You know, what was that word you used? Uh, the Latin word or Greek or something? Um, I didn't write it, write it down. 
Oh, I was hoping you'd know off the top of your oh, head. Yeah, I don't memorize like, Greek and Latin. I'm sorry. Well, <clears throat> we don't need to because it's in plain English. That's right. Uh, and so many who, who claim to be Christians, even today, uh, are and b- kind of believe, like, yeah, you know, heard about the rapture and the apocalypse and, you know, movies have been made about all that kind of stuff. But uh, a lot of pe- even in church, Christians hear that and understand that's in the Bible and, you know, the mark of the beast and all that kind of stuff. And so they know that that's somewhere in the future. But the Bible says when you see these things, it's time to tighten some stuff up in our lives and live like it's real and he, it really is returning for his church. But unfortunately, a lot of people kind of have a mental assent that, yeah, that's somewhere in, that's there, but they don't live like he really is returning for his church. And last Sunday, we talked about the parable or the story that Jesus told to everyone about the the ten virgins, how five of them had prepared. Remember, they they had filled their, their lamps with oil, and five had just been doing their own thing, and then they realized that the groom was coming and they had not been prepared they they believed he was coming but they really didn't believe he was coming yet so they they were doing their own thing and we saw how we need to as believers be ready so with that the oil was always representing the holy spirit so we as believers need to get filled up right so last sunday many of you were just you know saying god i just want the holy spirit to be rich and full in my life and Amen. be ready. So this week, we've got many of you from last week, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm filled up with the Holy Spirit. This week, we're going to talk about what do we do as believers to grow ourselves into having the characteristics that he's looking for in a bride. That's right. And so Paul gets real practical uh, what that looks like. And so he admonishes the church uh, to be ready, but he says, and so what we want to go through is talking about being sober, being watchful, be prepared, and be encouraging, and be encouraging. Yes. <laughs> we'll go, we'll get there. All right, so uh, turn your Bibles to First Thessalonians chapter 5, and this is where the Apostle Paul just starts breaking this down, talking about, he'd been talking about the rapture and all that, and so he just Let's jump chapter in. four. If you want homework, chapter four in First Thessalonians is all about talking about the rapture. So here we go in chapter five, verse six. So be on guard, not asleep like the others. What does it mean? So there are some who are they're not they're not in they're not sleeping like physically. That's not what I was talking about. It's talking about they're asleep mentally. They're asleep um, in the spirit realm. So don't be asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Be clear-headed. And then the, go to verse 16 of chapter 5. And I just, it just, this just hit me so hard that it's like, this is an admonishment for the church of now. The now church. 2021. Everybody so verse, hear it. Verse 16, what does it say? Always be, be joyful. Angry. <laughs> Joyful. I, th- I think we might need to say that one more time. It's good for you to roll off your tongue. Here we go. Always be joyful. And the context of what he's talking about, this isn't just a random, oh, yeah, and by the way, always be joyful. He's In context, he's talking about 
the last days, right before the Lord uh, returns for his church. He's saying this is the characteristics the Lord's looking for in his church, that you are always joyful. And, and this was during Amen. a time then. Amen, Pastor Greg. I heard that. Good word. Write that one down. Well, and this was during a time where they saw some of the same things we're seeing. You know, there was sin was going on. Uh, Christians were being persecuted. Uh, there was people that were not believing what they were saying. We still see that today. Yep. And yet, it's funny to me that when we see these things, we get shocked, right? Like, oh, how dare they? But these are things that have gone on for centuries. But the part that gets me is always be joyful. Can we still always, always is one of those absolutes. Can we always be joyful in the midst of death, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of loss, in the midst of, are you following me? Can we always be joyful? You know, and sometimes uh, when we get knocked to our knees, it just, maybe you just like, I can't think of anything to be joyful of because life is taking my legs out. But you can go, you know, I'm thankful I know Jesus. I'm thankful I got salvation. Thank you for the blood. You know, you just start with the basic, 101. What can I be thankful for? Jesus. And it's amazing as you just ponder that, he'll start reminding you of things you can be thankful for. Then before long, you got a long list. But you got to start somewhere. So that's a good place to start. Absolutely. And you can be thankful and you can rejoice that he's coming back for you, which is what chapter 4 was about. Why could the author in chapter 5 say, always rejoice? Because you, you, here's what you can always rejoice about. He's coming back for you. He's got your name. He knows you. You know, rejoice is kind of an interesting word because it's two words. Re, review, joyce, not your mother, but joy. Review joy. Keep reviewing joyfulness. Review joyfulness. Always be reviewing being joyful. Wow. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter 16. We're going to have an example of somebody. I'm trying. I'm trying here. <laughs> we have an example of someone in the Bible who learned how to do this in the midst of a lot going on. So, because I know some of you are probably watching online or you're sitting here going, but you don't know what I'm going through. So, Acts chapter 16, verse 24 here is Paul and Silas in jail. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Different kind of jail than we have today, am I right? Let's just do a little review. Why are they in jail in the first place? Did they, their donkey going too fast down Main Street? I mean, what threw them in? They were just street evangelizing. And they came across somebody that... Uh, was literally telling them, these are the people who know the way to heaven. And they were doing that for several days, and finally the Apostle Paul realized this woman is, even though she's saying the right things, <laughs> yeah, even though she was saying the right things, you know the devil knows Scripture? They uh, realized 
this woman's filled with a demon. She's, she's demon-possessed. She's not of the same spirit. No. She's from another spirit. And so they free this woman from demonic oppression and possession. How many think that's a good thing? They got thrown in jail for that. So now we're in the story. Okay. So victim is really what we could Did they have about. a reason to feel like this isn't fair? Doing Absolutely. what God told them to do. You know, they did a good thing, right? This isn't fair. But verse 25, around midnight. Everybody say midnight. Midnight. You ever have some things at midnight that are not so fun to think about? At midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They're singing. They're praising God. They're talking to God in the middle of this. And the other prisoners were listening. When you praise God in the middle of difficult circumstances, others are noticing. People are watching you whether you think they are or not. They are watching how you respond to everything that comes your way. You know, and this is just a check to check us out because in our own midnight hour, uh, I am not that spiritual <laughs> to be singing and praising and, whoo, God, you are so good. Right? But, but I mean, we this is a spirit. This we is like checking us out. This is checking us out. When we're victimized. Remember, we're talking about characteristics of the believer in the end time, right? You, you there? So the Apostle Paul, who wrote First uh, Thessalonians, he isn't telling us something he isn't already practicing in his own life. I just got to read verse 26. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every, every prisoner fell off. In the midst of your trials, in the midst of tough things in your life, I want you to know that when you begin to rejoice always, others take notice, and others are affected and blessed because of how you respond to your trials and tests. How many know... When everybody knows you got a raw deal and you're happy about it, you know something, something that nobody else knows. You may, not know, you may not only just know something, you may know somebody that they don't know. You know, if you, got, if you lost your job, but you got a rich relative that goes, hey, no worries, you know, I've been wanting to bless you with an inheritance anyway, so that job was just nothing anyway, so I'm just going to give you multiplied millions, you know. I don't know what to do with it. How many know losing your job just wouldn't be a big deal? You know, when you know somebody and who he is and what he possesses and what he can do, it really ought to put a spring in our step, joy, held our head up above the trials and circumstances of life because we know him. So good. Okay, we're going to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Wow. Oh, and you start acting like you're happy about the bad thing. You're not happy. You know, the Bible doesn't say rejoice because of the thing, but it says rejoice in the thing. Amen. You know, you don't have to be happy that, but you know, if instead of whining, complaining, griping, grumbling, fussing, 
if we start singing and rejoicing, maybe our doors will be open. Maybe the things we've been praying for will open up for us that we've been really wanting to happen anyway. Because we serve a God who does miracles. I said we still serve a God who does miracles. Amen. Amen. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 3.20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish in infinitely more than we ask or think. More than we can even ask or think. That is the kind of God we serve. If you don't have that Ephesians 3.20 underlined, highlighted, tattooed to your face, uh, wow, that's just a good one to... To know. Okay, so what's the first characteristic? Rejoice. How often? Always. Wow. Okay, so there's the first characteristic. Number two is pray without ceasing. Now, I didn't say these were easy characteristics. First one, we're all sitting here still thinking about how do I rejoice always? Like, I don't even, I, I don't know. We're still pondering that one. And then we just threw out another one. And these are all in the Bible, just saying. Pray without ceasing. How on earth do you continually pray all day? Well, let's just read it. It's in uh, chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, verse 17. Never stop praying. Okay, how do I do that? I still got to go to work. I still got to take care of toddlers. I still got to take care of an aging father, I still have bills to pay. How do you pray all the time? That's, that's a big task. How do you do that, right? Well, I'll tell you, you can actually have your time with God, and I'm talking where you are really having a conversation with God in the morning, but then you can carry that conversation and have a, have a conversation going throughout the day. And I truly believe that this scripture is trying to communicate that. How do we do that today? Well, if I was to take this in 2021, this would be like in the mornings, I usually have a cup of coffee and we actually communicate as husband and wife. But then throughout the day, if we're in different areas, we're shooting each other a text, having a continual conversation, sometimes picking right back up with what we talked about in the morning about something, and, and it will shoot each other text all day. How many do that with some family members? You have a conversation going on. Well, do you know that God, you, you're talking to God in the morning. You're, you're communicating, and when I mean communicating, I mean you're actually being quiet sometimes before God and listening. And then sometimes throughout the day, like, he can prepare you for something, and then at the time that it's during the day, he'll go, that's what I was talking to you about. What, is, what do I mean by that? You might be out and about, and God has already prepared your heart that you were going to bless somebody. And pretty soon, you see that person in front of you, and you're like, oh. Let me give you another, one more example of that. I was around a table um, with some friends not too long ago, and they were reminding me of a, a dream that I had. God does give me some dreams, and um, sometimes it's just too much pizza, but sometimes it means something. And this particular dream, I actually had a dream years ago about the rapture. And uh, they were reminding me they had remembered that dream very, very well. And uh, in that dream, I'll just quickly tell you, um, we, were, we were going up to meet God in the air, 
and around me, I was just looking around me to make sure all my church peeps were with me. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. This is so awesome. And there was one individual that was right, a gal, right next to me. And um, she looked down, and she saw that her car was on fire, and it was parked next to where she lived. And she said, I got to go move my car because I don't want where I live to burn down. And in my dream, I, I was begging her. I mean, I, could f I still can even feel it now. I'm like, no, you can't do that. Do not. Do not. That's just a thing. This, is, this isn't about things. And um, she, she left, and I woke up. She went back. And um, they were reminding me of this dream, and, and uh, they said, you know, have you ever told that person? I said, you know, I never, I never did. And I said, you know, maybe I need to get together with that person and tell them because, you know, I probably need to let them know. And um, it was just a couple of days later, and I hadn't seen this person in a couple of years. And all of a sudden, I bumped into him. God will have conversations with you, and then, boom, it's right in front of you. And as I looked this person in the eye, I said, we are not bumping into each other by accident. This was an appointment. This was a divine appointment, and we're going to meet, and we're going to have lunch. I have to share with you some things. That's what I'm talking about when it talks about prayer without ceasing. You are continually having a conversation. There might be things God has tell, told you weeks, mine, in my case, years ago. And all of a sudden, God's going, <clears throat> right now is the time. That's, that was amazing. Wow. Can I share something uh, real practical it. Go for that it. I've learned? Uh, Pastor Terry, can I grab that piece of paper that you got right there? Thank you. So uh, this has happened to me, and I finally figured this one out. It's slow learner, sorry. Um, but I'm doing my devotions. I'm reading through my Bible. And, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this thought comes to me as something I got to do. And I was like, ah, got to guard my thoughts. I'm focusing on, I'm reading the Bible. Mm. Get away from that thought. And it's just, a, it's just a chore. It's a task. So I'm reading a little bit, and uh, all of a sudden I get another thought. Something, oh, don't forget such and such. And I'm like, I'm reading the Bible. I'll take care of that stuff later. Man. This doesn't happen to anybody these else, right? thoughts are bombarding me when I'm trying to focus on God. And so I'm reading and, and just trying to get through the Word. And all of a sudden another thought, call so-and-so. Like, I'll get to the to-do list later. I mean, this has happened for years. And you know what happens? I leave, I do my Devo and go on with my day. And by the end of the day, I forgot to call so-and-so. I forgot to do this and I forgot to do that. And uh, my wife will ask, hey, by the way, just thinking, did you do uh, that something thing? No. Oh. Okay. When are you going to do that? <laughs> when I get around to it? So during that day, here's what happened. While I was doing my Devo, God or the Holy Spirit's bringing stuff up that I need to do. I thought these thoughts were interrupting me. But what God was saying is, you're going to want to remember this today. Write it down. So 
then I can, so I've learned to continue on with my time with God. And also in another thought, I'll just put a pause right where I'm at reading. Oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. And I'm opening up this prayer communication. Write that one down. And I keep reading along. God is talking to me. I'm thinking, I just want to read the 23rd Psalms in peace here. But while I'm reading that, he's telling me uh, to call so-and-so. They need to hear from you. Oh, yeah, call so -and, -so. and so as I've learned, God is talking to me when I'm focused on him. He's trying to help me. How many know the Holy Spirit's called the helper? And Pastor Greg needs a lot of help. And so he's trying, but I've been so dense that I have just brushed him off and thought, I'm, I'm focusing on God, and God's trying to get in my space. And then as I learned, uh, as I go through the day, that door, that communication, uh, he's not, when I leave, when I close my Bible and go on with my day, that's the beginning of just walking with him. It's not the end. And right. I may not be on my knees, hands folded, praying as I'm driving. But, you know, he's still talking to me, and I can still talk to him. And when we're doing stuff and I got questions, and I can just ask him. You pray as you go. Everyone say that. Pray, pray as, as you, you go. go. And as you're doing life, you know, it's not, oh, Heavenly Father, I come before you right now in the mighty name of God. Don't be a flake and a nut and an idiot. I mean, if that's your thing, cool, whatever. But, you know, just, God, I'm not quite getting this. Can you help me figure this out? You'd be amazed at the answers and solutions you get. You know, when you start to have this kind of relationship that we're talking about where you're praying without ceasing and you're talking to God throughout the day, you start to realize, you have a realization check of how much you really actually depend on him. You realize that God, the Holy Spirit, is helping you all day. And you have the realization of, man, it's exciting that my my God loves me so much that he can't wait to snatch me away with him someday. He loves you so much, he'll show you where the spare key is in the house behind the bookshelf. Okay, I'm just saying, whoever that was, that's just amazing that you found a key behind a bookshelf. I mean, I'm sorry, that had to be God, because most people don't just go, oh, I put that key behind a bookshelf. That was, that was amazing. Safekeeping. But, you know, hear what, hear what I'm saying. For the believer who's having this kind of relationship with God, of praying without ceasing, they get excited about the rapture. You know who doesn't get excited about the rapture? <laughs> yes, and the individuals who are not serving God or praying or talking to God. Because when they think of the rapture, it's frightening. It's like, oh, that's scary. Why, why would you get scared of the rapture? Because you're not actually communicating with God and you don't have a relationship with him. So all of a sudden it becomes scary, like I might miss it. If you're scared of missing the rapture, it's because you're not communicating with God. You don't have a relationship with him. But when you're praying without ceasing, 
The rapture's like, yeah, someday I'm getting snatched away because that's the kind of God, that's the kind of Father, that's the kind of Holy Spirit who is with me all day. And I'm excited for it. All right. Keep the ears thing there in 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's go to James chapter okay. 1 because we've been studying James. Yes. How many have been loving studying James? Isn't that good? Oh, Talk man. Talk about getting spiritually beat up around here. Oh, man, but James is so good for 2021. When we get healed from the beatings. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the light in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shadow, shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became, oh, I love this, his prized possession. Man, he, That's he just, how much he loves the bride. And that's how much he wants to communicate yeah, okay. and talk to Speaking us. Speaking of bride and grooms, our daughter and husband, new husband, are in the house. Woo, woo, woo. Congratulations. Yes, we had a wedding and just a, a couple weeks ago, a month ago. Ex almost exactly, uh, tomorrow, a month ago. But, you know, I, I happen to know that both of them were so excited for the wedding day and the marriage and all of that. That is how excited our Heavenly Father is as the groom to catch us away as his bride. So excited. You know, let's just use that analogy. That's a great analogy because... You know, as the groom's excited, I mean, how would you feel as a groom? Uh, I just proposed to this woman, and I'm excited to be married, excited for the honeymoon, excited to get on with our life. And she's over here. I am not excited. I'm not looking forward to this. I don't want to be a part. I don't know. But yeah, it might be, might be good. Might, I don't know if it's happening. You know, I don't know. What's your deal? Oh, I mean, who wants to be married to that? Right? And so Jesus is excited about this, the church, being one with the church and catching her away. But if the bride isn't rejoicing and excited and, and communicating, it's going to make the groom a little bit nervous. Just saying. All right. Oh, man. Okay, number three. You ready for number three? What is the third characteristic of a believer in the end, end times, give thanks. Just two words. Give thanks. Okay, you're back in Thessalonians. You kept your finger there, right? Yeah. Some of you, it's just a click of a button. Back to chapter 5, verse 18. Be thankful in all. Everybody say all. All, all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, this isn't a new thought in the Bible. None of these are new thoughts in the Bible. I mean, joy, rejoicing is found throughout the Scriptures. Praying is a staple of Christianity. Giving thanks is the ABCs of being a Christian. Give thanks. Give th it's, it's, it's in the Scriptures all the time. And so he's saying what the, before the return, Jesus takes the church away, He's saying these ought to be found in the believer that they are people who give thanks in all circumstances. 
And we all know circumstances aren't always fun and pleasant, but find things to give thanks. And it's, it's, it just kind of parallels the rejoicing. And it's amazing that this is in here, that it's a lifestyle for the believer. And, you know, we need to remind ourselves, because sometimes if this wasn't a challenge, he wouldn't have wrote it in the scriptures for us. So he knows that this is going to be a challenge for you, so we need to put this in there to remind ourselves to always give thanks in all circumstances. Because how many know it's so easy to grumble, gripe, and complain? So we're not of this world. We don't want to be a part of that. So give thanks in all circumstances. And, you know, all, it's easy when it's like, you know, it's Christmas and, you know, presents are everywhere, or it's a birthday, or, you know, those are easy times to be, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But how about when, when life is really, really rough? Life is rough. Didn't say you had to be thankful for them, because there's some things you need to pray against, because the enemy might be attacking you, he might be attacking your loved ones, your family, but can you be thankful in all things, in the midst of maybe your loved one in the hospital, can you be thankful that God is with them? In the midst of maybe a horrific car accident, can you be thankful that God spared your life? I mean, there is always something that you can be thankful for. And if you can't even think of one thing, then go back to being thankful for Jesus Christ. There is always something, and that is in the last days. That is, a, that is a characteristic of a believer in the end times. You know, the Bible tells us to have childlike faith, and thank God he says that because I can relate to that a lot of times. Uh, you know, if, if, if someone's trying to make the Bible so complicated and so intricate that it takes a theologian to talk you out and explain, it's probably not correct. Jesus didn't talk about anything that was so deep and complex that it was a, a, took a rocket scientist to figure out. He made it so simple. So he tells us to be like a child. Well, I know for me, growing up in my home, uh, before Christmas, birthdays and such, you know, and I wasn't the easiest little guy for my mom to take care of. Do we have anybody, no. do we have any other hyperactive ADD people in the house? I know there's more of you than just that. <laughs> Maybe you're all on Prozac or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> but so my mom had a fun time with me, right? And uh, not. But one thing I did as a child before Christmases and birthdays, I would tell her how much I loved her. I would tell her. Smart kid. I would tell her how good her cooking is. <laughs> how much I loved her homemade cookies and bread and, you know, just, Mom, you, you just look good today. <laughs> Did I tell you I love you? You know, especially as the days and hours got closer to the birthday or Christmas. And, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, my mom was a little bit gullible because a lot of times it worked. I was amazed, even as a child. I was like, wow, that really works. Cool, going to keep doing that. But... <laughs> I think as the day approaches of the return of Christ and the rapture of the church, 
it ought to be a little bit like us. We ought to just get a little more thankful uh, just to, you know, just want to have a little insurance here that I'm ready to go, and I want you to know I love you, and you are awesome. And <laughs> Just saying, why not? Why not? Oh, Can't goodness. hurt. <laughs> Give them, be a little thankful. You must really make Jesus have a belly laugh, honestly. I've, I had a couple, just this last week, somebody said, do you just laugh all the time in your house? And I'm like, yeah, it happens quite often, yeah, because they just think you're so funny. And a little frustration. So. <laughs> you know, there's that, too. Second Corinthians I chapter 2. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 good today, baby. Second uh-huh. uh-huh. mm-hmm. Corinthians 2.14, but, th- but thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Wow. That's a, just an amazing thing. Let's break that down a little bit. But thank God. I mean, just. You know, what kind of fragrance, like really, is coming out of you? Have you ever thought of that? And I'm not talking about what kind of amazing perfume you're wearing. What were you doing? Nothing. I'll look on the camera later. <laughs> Finding what kind of fragrance. But what kind of fragrance do you smell like? I'm not talking about the Macy's perfume. Is, is joy coming out of you? Is love coming out of you? Is peace coming out of you? Is kindness coming out of you? Is faithfulness coming out? What is coming? What fragrance do you walk around with? Because, you know, when, when you enter a room, you do have a fragrance. Are you, you know what I'm talking about. If someone is, <laughs> if someone is very um, not thankful and they're just, uh, they have that fragrance that goes with them. Are you, you know, you know people like that, right? They walk in a room. You can tell when somebody's jo- thankful when they walk in the room or if they're all angry and upset. You can even go over to somebody's house and walk in on something that could be interesting, and they may not be saying a word, but the atmosphere is definitely different. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I've walked into a room and went, hmm, I might need to walk out of this room. And nobody said a word, but you felt it because their fragrance was was giving it off. Man, I'm telling you, I want to have the fragrance of thankfulness. You really do. Because it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, we talked about last week of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what ought to come out, come out of us? The, the things of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, is, a, is a what we need in our life. And you just hit on some of those, you know, love, joy, peace. Uh, it's amazing. But if we're not living in the fruit of the Spirit, if we're not being full of the Holy Spirit, the devil's fruit will come out of us. So the opposite of love is what? Hate. Is there any of that around? Opposite of joy is what? Huh? Sorrow. I like the sound effect. I I just heard someone go, Yeah. Uh, Almost like a Grinch. Love, joy, peace. What's the opposite of peace? Chaos. Yeah, totally. Any of that going on? Love, joy, peace, patience. What's the opposite of patience? Impatient. 
Love, joy, peace, patience. Would you hurry up? Kindness. What's the opposite of kindness? Ugly. Meanness. So if, and, and notice our, the visions, number two vision statement, Christians inspired. You know, one of the things when the church was started was just Christians sometimes aren't acting inspiring. <laughs> it's like, because we're, a lot of times we're operating in the devil's fruit. So we need a little bit fuller, fill our vessel with the Holy Spirit. So we got some better fruit coming out of our life, especially as we see the day approaching. You know, as we give thanks, we are, the Holy Spirit sticks around. The Holy Spirit loves to hear thankfulness. So the Holy Spirit sticks around, and you carry him with you wherever you go. And as the Holy Spirit is with you wherever you, you go, you are being led by the Holy Spirit wherever you go. You're being led how to respond to circumstances that come your way because the Holy Spirit's going to help you through it. It says it, he leads us. He leads us. In a triumphal procession. That's a, that's a good thing, right? He leads you. How many have ever been driving a car I've had this happen to me, and all of a sudden, it's you see a possible accident that could have been yours. Yeah, like you could have been right in the middle of that. And I, the first thing that usually pops out of my mind, I mean, we had one just the other day, literally the car in front of us. And pops out of me is, thank you, Lord, you're with me right now. Because he is, that continual conversation. Not only, do you see how these just go together? Do you see all these characteristics, how they just fit together? So you're, you're, you're praying without ceasing, and then you're being thankful. Thank you, God, you just protected me. I am praying, but I'm also being thankful, all in the same package. It's kind of like that. Yes. It's kind of like that. You know, I, what I remember when we were driving the other day, and you were sitting in this seat, and I was in that seat, it was more like, thank you, Jesus! <laughs> My jugular here <laughs> got about decapitated, not from that accident, but from this accident. <laughs> okay, I do have some reflexes. I'll give oh you man. that. Oh, man. <laughs> Woo. All right, I'm going back to First Thessalonians 5. Oh, yeah, let's get focused. Yeah, let's get focused. Focus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not stifle. So our response to the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives matters. So when we are, so the, the next characteristic is do not quench the Holy Spirit. I hope you're writing these down. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that goes along with, you know, our vessel being filled. Mm -hmm. And it goes along with being triumphant, being led. If, we're, if we refuse to be led, if he's leading us in victory through circumstances, and we don't want his help, we are literally quenching him. If we choose not to live no to in the gift, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, we're literally saying no to him, and that's a quenching him. He's wanting to help us and to get us through the difficulties of life. He leads us mm -hmm. in victory. God is a God of victory. Mm. When we go through the valleys, the shadows of death, can he still lead us through yeah, because we are following the leader who's leading us into victory. And right where you're at right now, you know, some of the greatest uh, upsets, and, you know, aren't you mariners? What is going on? 
They got an opportunity? Wow. I mean, people have never in the last few years been excited about the Mariners. There's probably some people still watching and listening and going, are you really talking about the Mariners? Yes. Because they got an opportunity because they've been so completely disgusting and horrible with empty stands. But last night, that, that place was packed. And people are holding signs. We believe. We please. We believe. <laughs> and they won. And people are excited. The Mariners are actually may, depending on what today. Today, if they if we have another win, might enter into you know the the playoffs of Major League Baseball. Whoa! Yeah, see, there's still people shocked. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> they've been in a dark valley of death for a long, 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 hopeless situation for like ever. But when it gets turned around and victory starts happening, they're not all excited, but everybody else gets excited. And the same thing happens to us when we follow the leader who leads us in victory. I, I never usually watch baseball. I actually even got excited. I couldn't even, I couldn't even cook the food because I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I mean, but when God leaves you from victory to victory to victory in your life, you begin to start going, oh, oh, that's what you have, God. Oh, that's the kind of relationship that happens when you start putting on the characteristics of the believer in the end times. Now, there's three more, and we're going to continue with this next Sunday. So would you stand to your feet? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in this place. You're teaching us. You're growing us. You're showing us how. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. You know, God, you, God loves us so much. And like we said, he wants... He wants a church that's looking for him, expecting him, uh, excited that he's coming back for his people. Yes. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't want him coming back for Greg, and I'm just like, oh, you're coming back? I want him to find me looking. I can't wait till you come back. I'm looking for you. I'm excited. I'm expectant. And it begins with a prayer of just having him in our heart. Literally, my life has been changed from the man I used to be because I started my walk with God with the prayer we want to lead some people into this morning. So if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, those of you watching online, join us. Uh, I really believe it is a big decision to receive Jesus. I think it's the biggest life decision that not only affects you here in this life, but the life to come, that we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We live for him. We put him in charge. We ask him to forgive us of our sins and wash us clean, to be made whole and right so we are ready when this life ends or he returns for us. So if you're here in this room or watching online, I just encourage you with everything within me, pray this prayer. Get right with God. Join the family of God. It's the biggest family. It's a global family. There are believers in every nation, every country, speaking all kinds of language that are, we are a part of. It's so exciting to be a part of the family of God. 
going to count to three. And on three, if that represents you're not in the right place with God, pray this prayer with Pastor Sterling. She's going to lead us in prayer. And just raise your hand at the count of three and join in. One, God loves you. He has been after you. Two, just have a simple heart of surrender. Life and its issues are bigger than you can handle on your own. And you need God, and he wants to help you. Three, respond. Say, yes, I need him. Recommit, reconnect, join. Be blessed. You, Get in Jesus. the blessing. Thank you, Amen. Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank Would you, you Lord. pray this prayer, church, with them and those watching online? If this is, you're like, I need to get some things right. God is not number one in my life. I need to make him number one. I need to accept what Jesus has done for me through his precious blood. Then would you pray this prayer with us too? Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For your precious blood. For your precious blood. That was shed for me. That was shed for me. So that I can be. So that I could be. Forgiven. Forgiven. Where I have fallen short. Where I have fallen short. Of your best. Of your best. Where I've missed the mark. Where I've missed the mark. I thank you. I thank you. There is grace. There is there grace. There is mercy. There is mercy. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. And I ask today. And I ask today. That you would be. That you would be. Completely in charge. Completely in charge. Not only Savior. Not only Savior. But Lord of my life. But Lord of my life. I thank you. I thank you. I'm a new creation. I am a new creation. In Christ. In Christ. Old's passed away. Old has passed away. All has become new. All has become new. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, those of you who are like, I'm walking with God, I really want to challenge you with this. There are characteristics that we have talked about today. And I believe if you're walking with God, you're probably walking with Him in some of those areas to some degree. But I think that the Holy Spirit is challenging us all in this room, in those things that we talked about, that He'd go, could you go a little more? Could you pray and talk to me a little more throughout the day? Could you give thanks a little more? Could you rejoice a little more? I believe that this morning all of us, including myself, can say, okay, God, I want to grow. I want to stretch myself to be the kind of believer and bride that you're coming for. Amen.